Hey, I'm Matt Winston, and welcome to the In General Podcast. Hello, welcome to the In General Podcast, brought to you by JurassicOutpost.com. This is the debut episode of our new name. Uh, We were formerly JurassicWorld.org, but this is the... Oh, no, okay, don't. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the In General Podcast, brought to you by JurassicOutpost.com. This is the debut episode under our new name, In General, uh, formerly JurassicWorld.org, but this is episode 35 of the podcast. I'm joined with Chris and Ryan. Hey, how are you guys? I'm fantastic. I'm so well, enthusiastic. Good, it's that here, guys. How fantastic. Fun, it's June 1st. It's here. How yeah, could you Jurassic not be June, guys. This is June first, Jurassic June, with the hashtag before it. This is uh, an exciting. Is this the third Jurassic June now? Um, yes, Nate. Yeah. Can you comment on that? Wow. Nate's not here right now. Um. <laughs> Nate will be with us. He'll be joining us a couple of times through the month um, on some podcast. Um, and obviously, this is the debut episode where we're interviewing Matt uh, Winston, who came on. Yeah, we just got um, off the phone with but him. But we actually. just wanted to. Yeah, we just we just got off with Matt. It was an amazing conversation, which you're you're hearing about. I'd say ten fifteen minutes. We just wanted to give a quick uh, rundown of the new website, which we've launched today. So if you head to JurassicOutpost.com, which um, we've been we've been hyping up for for a month now, um, but it's actually been in development for for a while. What would you say? A long time. <laughs> more more than six months. It's, I mean, it's been a long time coming. The, the initial plans to have to grow JurassicWorld.org to something that covers the whole franchise to rebrand our name that's something more franchise friendly rather than just focusing on one film. It's been something that we've been wanting to do long, almost since the start. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the conversation has it's always been, been. It's been around for a while. We started really pushing for this uh, well over a year ago. Like we didn't start hardcore development, but we started you know trying to figure out a name and uh, general ideas for the website and how to rebrand. Um, it was always something we yeah. wanted to do, but like we started these discussions, seriously started these discussions over a year ago. Yeah. Well over a year ago. I mean, maybe even before Ryan came on board like and, and started working with us. Yeah. I think it was, this was, yeah. you know, pre, this was pre-Rye days. When did we pre-Rye have days. that issue with, when did we have that issue with our Facebook? <laughs> that was before Jurassic World came out. I can't remember out. when it was. It, it must have been around like April, May. And we had discussions about doing this before then even, like where we started floating the idea and floating names. And then when that happened, we're like, yeah, damn. we tried then. Yeah, and then we're like, well, damn, okay, let's try to fast-track this. Let's see if we can fix this Facebook situation by fast-tracking our rebrand. And uh, when we realized that that wasn't going to exactly work th- that way, we um, we gave it more time to fi- we gave it more time for ourselves to figure it out. And plus, you know, we all live busy lives outside of this website, so it's not like we can just snap our fingers and make it happen. But uh, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, exactly. I'm this so is, excited. This is something, yeah. It looks so good, we, and the name is something that we that we landed on, and and it was an, we, we had so many names. Yeah. I have a huge list of of names that the website was almost because you know mustgofaster dot com, clevergirl dot com, like all these Jurassic, Jurassic Park Base phrases. Camp, Open Paddock Nine, Base Paddock camp, Nine, Open, yeah, just so many different phrases and words and quotes from the movies that we thought would make great websites, but we quickly realized that i think we really needed the word jurassic in there and then when when that clicked when we realized that and then we threw outpost out again because it was one of the very first one of the first it was like right next it was outpost and base camp were like our two base camp yeah yeah Yeah. and we didn't like either of them and then when we we went through the whole process and we realized we needed the word jurassic in there and then we went through outpost again and i think all of us unanimously just went that's it we are an outpost that's what we are we're 
you know, we're in this, Assis is in this rustic shack over in <laughs> Nublar, blaming a bad internet connection, that's why he can't write articles, you know, like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's what we are. No, I mean, the outpost, it's like on being on the uh, the front line of everything, and it's, you know, the outpost, it's not just one location, it, it is Jurassic, the outpost of Jurassic Park, the outpost of Isla Sorna, Nublar, Jurassic World, the sequel, I mean, it, it is our our overlook where we collect and gather information and present it to the world um, for Jurassic fans. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of and, fun. Um, we, can, we can own it, and it works with what we are, and it's fun. Yeah. And we can create our own yeah. logo, yeah. Uh, which is was a lot of fun. Exactly, and as for the logo itself, um, we worked with James McQuaid. If you go to his website, I've remembered it this time, James, www.jwsurvivor.com. That's the, the game. You may remember the video oh, game. Oh, yes. That, um, he, it's a free online Flash game. In fact, I don't think it's Flash. I think it's HTML5, but it's amazing. It's so fun. James McQuaid, I worked with him. I've worked with him on a couple of projects before, and then I thought, you know what? James McQuaid is the guy to design our new website. And we went through hundreds of iterations. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm talking so many designs and so many different logos, and we can never settle. And then, you know, we had all these ideas. And then ah, just when we saw, when we got this version, when we when we reached this point, with the amber throughout, mm-hmm. yeah, it just works. When we uh, and, when we bring them on yeah. to our podcast, we can have a corresponding article with a lot of like the concept art that we we're throwing out there and a lot of the different development stages of the logo. I think people yeah. like that. It's pretty cool. We, we yeah, had a lot a of fun lot. building up to it, um, and there was there were a lot it of was design a lot of iterations. Fun. There were a lot of design iterations. There were so many. Because I mean, all I of us the one were we landed on is feedback is... also. So it was difficult to get us all to like. We all loved the same things, but we all had different directions we wanted to take it as well. So, it, but we came out with something that works so well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, beautiful. it was finding that middle ground, and it, it was even the little details of you know the menu bar at the top. It wasn't always going to be a hundred percent across the page. The kind of rocky texture mm-hmm. stone with the moss on it at the top that was going to fade into the background. But then I think we tried it with the banner across, and we realized that allows us to change the header. For example, not that we're going to do this, but you know when it's Christmas, we can put snow up there or something, and it doesn't involve yeah. us changing the whole or website. Just if the sequel is in a deserty environment, well, guess what? We can find a art style look, or if like the sequel, you know, yeah. embraces a certain color, we can find a way to integrate that look and style and texture into the website because obviously the website yeah. is going to be updated with news about the most prominent things happening more frequently. So having a overlay that sort of embraces it, but it's also very timeless. It's going to work on its own, and it segues with a lot of different art styles pretty well. It's very clean and modern, but... And again, we will talk about this when we get James on, but I I think it was we had loads of iterations of the site, loads of versions that were just sort of grey and blue and keeping with our old style. And then we were like, well, you know, the franchise itself wasn't always blue. It was, you know, we had the red, we had the yellows with the oranges. And then I think it was the injection of amber Mm-hmm. orange mm-hmm. with the blue and the gray that just the amber something works stood out to all of us with yeah. the amber there it's a, it's a it's a color that's almost you don't see related to the franchise anymore but it's it was so prominent especially in the first movie so yeah we just we think it just works so well and we're really pleased and we really hope that you guys do as well um because obviously at the end of the day you know we post this news and we, we just love hearing that people had a good time when they came to the site and they, they got the news they wanted and then, and this is yeah. going to make that so much easier also like we have tags on our news articles now our news articles are much cleaner um, writing them is easier mm. they're you don't get the whole post on the front page they're like actual news articles now rather than like kind of like a blog layout um, it just it makes it so it makes the experience way better it's going you know if you want to find an article we've got a search bar um, it, it just it turned the entirety of everything we have uh, references for each film 
um, you know, information you can easily find. It's uh, it's slick. We can all work on it, and uh, it's creating such a. It, the website's really evolved at this point, and it's great. Yeah, it's not like we. It's not like we really like the old website was was shit by any means. I mean, it was a great website, but I mean, we've we've ran into some issues with it before, and it's just everything is just so much more streamlined and it's seamless and it's beautiful and I mean, visually stunning. I'm throwing out these um, words because I'm biased, but it, I mean, it really does. Just <laughs> it, it looks great, and then on top of that, we've got. Oh my gosh! So much content added to it. Well, my friend, my friend was over the other day when I was working on some stuff for the website, and he saw the layout, and he he was just like, and you know, this isn't his thing. It, like, it is my thing, but this isn't his thing. And he was like, "Dude, that looks great." Yeah, it <laughs> like does. He, and like I was I was giving him a tour, and he's like, "This is this is good." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, yeah, good to hear, no, man. That's great to hear." I mean, I think another thing as well that's really exciting is obviously we've we've got to rebrand our podcast, and I think it was Alex. Yeah. Um, who obviously we're going to have on to talk about um, some aspects of the website, but I think it was Alex who came up with the name, yeah, in, the in general name, which is, you know, anyone who played Trespasser will, will likely recognize, but it's, um, the name just works. Yeah, it was the first genius. Just, first name he threw out it there. It just makes so much sense in general. It's just, you know. He's a genius. It couldn't be more Jurassic Park. He's a genius. And I think as well, you know, when I was working with James McQuaid on, especially the in general logo and the, and the graphics, the background for the in general. That came together that so fast. That would, yeah, well, see, it's because we 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 wanted to kind of we loved the artwork and the and the background that we were using on the Jurassic World.org podcast. Mm-hmm. That background that we're using, that's all covered in moss and vines, is the background from the Jurassic World.org podcast. So it's as if we've skipped forward a generation, and now that original oh, podcast is all I didn't covered in jungle mold. <laughs> yeah, so it's and J- we'll talk more about that with James because it's, it's sharp. There is some hidden stuff in the site that's. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I love all the key art. I mean, and it, it's fun because like we have a lot of different templates and styles, and I can just imagine in the future us cycling, you know, different banners while still using these bits of key art that we already have, and just kind of, you know, having yeah. fun with it, it. Just it's so it's so future proof, um, in my opinion, at least yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we have we have a couple of other. I don't, I don't want to get hung up on this until we're actually there. We can have James on to talk about it as well. But um, so we've got a couple of other aspects to the website. You'll see up top now with the the main banner. Uh, it doesn't have you know about cast crew. We've got rid of all that. I mean we haven't. We've just moved all that. But um, up the top you've got news, which is obviously the primary thing that we do. But we've also opened the Jurassic Forums, which is now open for discussion. So join up JurassicForums.com. Nice conversation about mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Yeah, pour yourself a margarita and come and relax at the outpost. That's ooh, I like it. Know, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got um, some quarter uh, there. It's a small forum, but you know, we just want to have a nice discussion there. So, so come join over. Um, you know what I'm most excited for? This is silly. Um, it's the circulating the top news stories, the pinned circulating top news stories. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that and is that is news. so important because, yeah. like, when you have like a bunch of like really goofy news that hits, but like you want yeah, people to remember, really like you is. want on the front of your page it to be like, you know, we have a director for the sequel. Well, now we can pin it to the you know on this little circulating banner thing. And then we can have our news feed yeah. underneath. And it just it makes the experience of visiting the website, getting news, finding information, um, exploring, discovering. It makes it yeah, fun especially and easy. during the production of Jurassic World, because our articles were so, sort of just cycled one on top of the other. It was even we post articles, you know, when they release tiny behind the scenes things or a new teaser trailer because they released about thirty in the end, right? But it would push down the major news stories. Um, 
so that's something with this side. It's obviously, the main mega news stories will be in that Amber Mine news banner, and everything else will flow below. And like we said, you can use the search function up the top. You can use um, searching by categories or... So yeah, we'll obviously talk about more with, about that with uh, James when he comes on. But obviously, you can see at the top banner there, we've got news, forum, podcast, videos. So you can head to our YouTube channel. Check out some of our videos there. We'll have much more content coming soon. Um, I'm pretty sure Assis has a uh, Why He Loves Jurassic Park 3 So Much video. Uh, in, he's yeah. currently writing that one. He's been so writing that for like a year he's now. Hard work. He's hard at work at that. <laughs> We're all waiting for that. Um, we've got galleries there, which will be growing as well. Um, we want to, you know, just catalog all behind the scenes pictures, you know, the posters from the movies. Just, you know, generally just have all the images in one place. Yeah. yeah. We've got our interviews there. Phil Tippett was one of the first people I interviewed for the site. And we had Ty Simpkins. You can check all them out. Um, merchandise is something that we're working on and will be coming soon. Um, so you have to wait for that one. Uh, and then the encyclopedia as well, which is something new um, that we're bringing out. Super Just a exciting. way to catalog. It's exciting. We're going to have... Um, well, Alex um, brilliantly put this together. Um and we are going to be inviting those uh, who want to just write on there and, and, and um, include things to we welcome, we welcome your expertise and um, we just can't wait to really fill up this, this entire universe. Our, our own encyclopedia from the ground up because, I mean, others out there exist and uh, they're great resources, but we wanted to make sure that we had our own on our own website. Um, Absolutely. We're not really, you know, and we're building it from the ground up. We're going into the films and we're uh, cataloging the information and... Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of work. I mean, it's something that Alex has been wanting to do for a long time, and he's been working on this. You know, while we were uh, under JurassicWorld.org, of course, it, it was it was on there as well. It was just um, hidden. It was a you know work in progress kind of thing, and and now that we finally got every, all the kinks worked out, he it's just f- being filled with information. And you guys have been working tirelessly. We've all had our hand in it, and um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting, and we want it. Yeah, we want to invite those who just like talking and writing about the franchise and and of course ryan has been uh creating some content uh for the encyclopedia for the dinosaur pages um yeah yeah this is very exciting actually turns out ryan's an artist it's weird not a lot of people know (laughs) it's 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 weird because just in the past few years i've been like delving back into it but man this has been exciting putting this together because of course jurassic jurassic june the past few years um shannon shay you know he's put together uh the drawing dinosaurs every day, which I've I've tried and failed both years to, try to get all thirty <laughs> in, and it's. I'm going to try to do it this year, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm going to try, but it's again probably not going to happen. But I so I got a I got a little pre-start this year, I suppose, uh, since we're launching on June first, and I've kind of been yeah. teasing some of the images on my the Twitter sphere. But um, yeah, some cool images that we're going to have in the encyclopedia of the dinosaurs, and they're going to capture all of the different species from all four films and have little highlighted um, subtext, kind of like a field goal, uh, field note journal guide. and Yeah, like a dinosaur safari sketches. Yeah, it's going to be great. Which when, when we were talking about it, that was like the idea we were going for. And it's fun, because obviously we have pictures from the films there, and uh, you know we reference the films, and this is our own content to give each page its own unique flair of our own, uh, while also you know educating about the dinosaur and you know bringing it to life for the website. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing, and you'll yeah you'll see us post those through June, and um, yeah I mean we'll talk more about them when we when we have Alex on to talk about the encyclopedia, but yeah we we really hope that you enjoy the new website we've just launched. Obviously there may be a few kinks here and there to work out, but we um, 
we really hope you enjoyed just navigating your way through the website and and seeing the content we filled up seeing our videos watching the news flood in i mean the next couple of years is going to be crazy and you know we're ready now and we await your feedback ready for jurassic world 2 bring it on yeah yeah we want your feedback we do um and if you can help contribute like you know if you know of images or information um anything along those lines that you think that we can add to our archives or things that we can just add to the site the knowledge that we can provide uh, i mean please anything that you can do get in contact let us know yeah i mean it's really it comes down to the i mean it's It's a community community effort and it's yeah it's exactly it's a community website um we had we had our hand in it, but it, we really love hearing what everybody else has to say in the different, um, you know, canon things where somebody has bits of knowledge to where we can just kind of piece it all together into this this wonderful archive. And we really just we're really excited to see where it can yeah. go. And obviously, as simple as this, check out the poll on the front page of the website as well. We're keeping polls going. Um, rate the site. Do you love it? Do, do, do you hate it? Do you think it's okay? Or did you prefer the old site? Just let us know on there. We like um, we like seeing those results, and we'll be having some fun polls on there soon. Recently. Um, soon recently that doesn't make sense <laughs> soon. soon makes total oh, sense yeah whatever we'll have some other polls on there guys total so just sense. wait <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but yeah so we just want to take this opportunity to thank you all for who, those who have been following us yes. and commenting and sharing our stuff and listening to the podcast for the past couple of years you know I started this website in 2008 and you know it was fun back then but now as such a collaborative effort you know I work with these guys and it's just it's a hell of a lot of fun and at the end of the day we all have lives we all do things outside of that but this is you know we all love Jurassic Park so much this is just where we come to have fun yeah exactly to, to, it's a com- to write about the things we love you know yeah it's more than just like a news blog I mean it's meant to be a, a community community watering hole um in a lot of ways and knowledge Ooh, knowledge usage. giving it, it, no but you know it, it's, it's a hub it's a hub it should be a hub for uh you know becoming you know, if you want information on the franchise, you want information on the latest news, um, you you want to become more socially active in the franchise with its fans. I mean, it's, it's going to give you all these opportunities. And um, it should just be something fun. And there's a lot of other websites out there that do stuff that is similar. And that, the more the merrier. It just creates a, you know, it's a franchise that we all love. And it just kind of creates a beautiful, you know, cohesive, strong fan base. Uh, yeah, kind of what it was like, you know, when we were growing up with Jurassic Park 3 and there was all these websites. And Dan's JP3 kind of page. Ja- Dan's jppage.com. You can access all the archives on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I always like going back through there and, and watching Jurassic Park 3 develop as a movie. Um, but yeah, so guys, thank you so much for checking out the website. And, you know, this is going to be an amazing Jurassic June. We're going to ha- try and have so many podcasts this month. We've got so many people we want to get on. But without further ado... We will talk about the website more on further podcasts. Um, and again, check out the forum. Get talking in there. Yeah, and stay tuned. Out. It's June. There might be news. I feel like June... I just, I've got a good feeling about this month is basically what I'm saying. I'm I don't think we're going to end this... I don't think we're going to end this month without um, without some news. I mean, we're going to hit the exact two-year out from Jurassic World 2 date um, this month. I, I don't know. I've just got a feeling about this month. I think that there's going to be like an actual... I'm not saying like jaw-dropping, earth-shattering news, but I think that we'll get something to talk about. Something. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. Maybe a, maybe a title and a green light, you yeah. know. Video game? Hell, like I have that. no idea. Just Video game? Uh, Ooh. Uh, but yeah, possibly. stay tuned and... I would like that, um, but I honestly have no idea. Check out the website, check out the forum, sign up there, get talking, you know, submit your art, um, blah, blah, blah. But without further ado, here is our interview with the one and only Matt Winston. Thanks, guys. 
joining us here today is uh, Matt Winston, and I really don't think he needs much of an introduction, but uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself in case somebody's been living under a rock. All right, for those of you who've been living under a rock, and you know, by the way, I don't think it's so weird that people might, might not know who I am. Uh, my dad uh, was a legendary creature creator in Hollywood for uh, nearly four decades, Stan Winston. Uh, you know him from the Terminator series, the Jurassic Park series, Aliens, Predator, uh, the first Iron Man. He, he really made a mark in Hollywood, and I'm his kid. Um, and I co-founded the Stan Winston School after he passed away in 2008, uh, along with the rest of my family, uh, notably my brother-in-law, Eric Lidoff. He and I uh, run the show in honor of Dad. And uh, in my own right, I was an actor for many years, uh, and then uh, turned to screenwriting and have always been very creative. And then when dad passed away, it seemed like uh, carrying on in his wonderful spirit of creature creation was a, a worthy way to spend the rest of my life. So that's me in a nutshell. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. No, I mean, yeah, so the Stan Winston School is something um, that kind of amazes everyone, especially you release all these behind the scenes from Jurassic Park and the franchise that we've never seen before. And I mean, that's just amazing to see all these archives. Well, that's actually before we even settled on, you know, forming a school to teach how to do all that. We we knew uh, that we had thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of all this footage uh, that covered the creation of all the characters I mentioned Dad was involved with. And when he passed, he was in the process of releasing that material, he had released a, a book called *The Winston Effect: I The Art that. and History*. Yeah, and it was his proudest achievement there towards the end of his life because it it showed everything. It, it shared how it was done, you know. Um, and so we knew we had to continue doing that. And so we started putting together, you know, an idea for a behind-the-scenes archival site. But that felt a little musty, rather than. Uh, having it also be about something in the future. So we knew we wanted to do both, you know, release the beautiful BTS, uh, but also look forward and uh, help create a new generation of Stan Winstons. So the archive started it all. I'll tell you what, I mean, I I've followed both the archives and then a lot of the, t the tutorials that you guys do and just a lot of the driving creativity. And it's a really, really great program. Um, oh, yeah, they're brilliant. Wide, wide reaching. Also, there's a lot. I mean, it's not just dinosaurs. I mean, it's, it's. There's a lot going on with it. It's pretty awesome. Well, you know, when people, when we started this thing, people are like, "You're going to form a, an online school for practical effects? Isn't that dead?" And I'm like, "Okay, first of all, it's not. <laughs> first of all, first of all, it's not dead. Uh, you know, an actor, a director." Screenwriter, no one gets into the business to go into an empty space and not have anything to play with. And we're seeing a lot more of that coming back to filmmaking. You know, Star Wars, Star Force Wars. Awakens. So, so, that being said, the school's not about practical effects. It's about art. It's about technology. It's about creativity, and it's about monsters. And there's a lot of hooks there to bring people in. You know, um, it's not so limited. It's for cosplayers. It's for hobbyists. For people who put together haunts. It's for uh, illustri illustrators, tech wizards who are not even very artistic. Um, it's, it's a broad net we've cast. And it, it does help that, you know, Dad was involved with some of the biggest franchise characters in movies history because we get to use uh, those wonderful characters to help promote what we do. So 
you know, there's a lot in play here that's helped us reach a broad audience. But I think what it boils down to is people love monsters and creatures and fantasy and make believe, and we're really gathering that audience up. And for those yeah. who want to step into it further, great, you can learn how to do it. But you know, to just to be a fan is enough too. So um, absolutely, we, we embrace think- a lot of. People. I think it's fantastic, uh, not only just to see what you guys are doing on the website, but um, when you guys post pictures of what the fans themselves are doing um, and, um, you know, like an Iron Man costume that somebody has made or something different along the lines just from watching some of the tutorials that you guys have on film. I mean, it's I remember when um, Stan Winston was in conjuncture with uh, uh, making the uh, the making of Jurassic Park uh, movie, you know, right shortly after the film came out, you know, it was a straight to VHS. That's also a TV special, I remember, at the time. And <laughs> watching you guys at that age, um, especially just with the, the molds and the, and the creature castings and everything, like it helped me build my own Halloween costume. And, I mean, no, nothing could have been more of a rewarding experience than that. But seeing what the fans do is, is pretty fantastic. Oh, that's the biggest, that's the thing that keeps us going. I mean, honestly, you know, to see what students are doing with it and to see what's out there and to see what, people with no resources in some little, you know, garage in Eastern Europe or in Thailand or whatever, using whatever they have, they're creating works of art that are on on par with what's happening in Hollywood because their their passion is there. You know, they they don't have necessarily um, the the money to do it, but they have a lot of time. (laughs) Uh, And as I said, they have the passion. And so... To see all of this amazing artwork out there, that's what makes this exciting for us completely. And, and you know, for the first year uh, with Facebook particularly, you know, I was, I was the guy posting all the Facebook stuff in the first couple of years and, until it became a big team effort. Everyone learned how to do it. Um, but I was just posting, you know, uh, here's how uh, the, the T-Rex was sculpted and I'd show behind the scenes of uh, the T-Rex uh, mm-hmm. being sculpted and so on and so on. I was just standing studio, and uh, a year in, the, I saw some amazing posting. A, a person put up on the internet, a fan, and I put it up, and it went ballistic. And ever since then, we've really <laughs> turned our spotlight on the whole world. And I think that's why uh, fans have really stuck with us, is because they're they're going to learn what what's happening uh, with fellow hobbyists. And it's going to inspire them and make them realize, oh, I can do this too. You don't have to have a big Hollywood studio. Mm. So, you know, I mean, that's it's a, what it's, it's a, it's a great way to uh, show that practical effects are still alive and, and people still want, you know, yes. independent filmmakers still want to use practical effects when they can. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned with Star Wars before, we saw practical effects beginning to come back into a major Hollywood production. Do you, do you think that's kind of the beginning of uh, the rise of animatronics again? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I can't speak to whether or not, you know, large scale animatronics are going to make uh, a reappearance in films uh, soon. I, 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 I'm being honest with you, but I think that makeups, the more mid range, larger puppets, uh, who knows when we're going to see another 40 foot T-Rex. I, I, I yeah. pray. For that thing. <laughs> right. I think that, I think that amusement parks are bringing it. I think that live attractions are bringing that. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the future of the larger scale animatronics um, is and where, you know, where its history was, too. That's where it started. Um, but I do think there's a huge return to tactile filmmaking, you know. 
um, young directors, actors, uh, production designers, they want to come to a place and transform it and play make-believe and build sets and wear costumes and see what they're reacting to and as much as possible create the world because, you know, you can tell. And, and uh, mm. I think that there's a big return to that. And I think directors with a lot of clout are like, I want to have fun again, you know? I don't want <laughs> right. to all the... I don't want to leave it all to post-production looking over some guy's shoulder at, at how that scene was going to look. I want to see the scene in the camera. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's a huge, a huge return to that. I mean, look at what uh, George Miller did with Mad Max. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's, all, yeah. it's, it's all over the place. You know, people are back to Christopher Nolan has never left that style of filmmaking. Exactly. Um, and, and look at the revenants. I mean, you know, yeah, whether you liked the film or you didn't, they were there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was cold. Those were real trees and mountains. I mean, I, you know, you, don't get me started. You know, tactile film. <laughs> no, no, no. Do get started. Do get started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going stop. anywhere because, look, we are three-dimensional creatures and we will never be completely satisfied by two-dimensional entertainment. We need a sense of dimension because we have dimension. So... That's my that's my feeling. Well, the yeah. three of us definitely. I mean, we speak for a lot of of people, not only in the Jurassic Park community, but like you know, we like Star Wars did, but um, animatronics in some way. You know, we weren't exactly. Uh, uh, we, we were happy that at least the Apatosaur made its appearance in Jurassic World, but we would definitely like to see more animatronics, not only in Jurassic films, but just in a broader scope of across things. cinema. Practical yeah. effects, just in general, not just animatronics, just more an embrace of practical effect in filmmaking. Yep. I think Star Wars proves. I think sometimes producers seem to be afraid that it's not worth the money and the time, and that or that audiences won't like it for some strange reason. I think there's a sort of like a thought in Hollywood that CG is what audiences want to see, and I think Star oh. Wars proves that that you it's not it's that's not the way it is. People just want to see something cool. People just just want to be brought to a world yeah. and um it's I mean, to feel real isn't it i mean you can sh with the velociraptors in jurassic world when they were in the uh paddock enclosure when you know with their heads in the um i, I kind of forget what you call it that was cooling out for an animatronic oh my gosh no, there were so many wonderful moments that insert heads could have upped the reality factor I mean, uh, look, I'm yeah. not going to slam Jurassic World because I think that it paid homage to the feeling of the series. This is my personal feeling. I think it was Absolutely. lovely. I really dug it, and I think they honored the previous trilogy. But you just go back and watch those movies this week, guys, and there is nothing as real as what you saw in those three films, in these in these films, I'm sorry, in the new film. Um, yeah, no, and it's because they weren't... They weren't mixing it up. It's so easy. Mix it up. Mm. Uh, you could you could have done an Indominus Rex insert head that would have been brilliant. Mm. That that moment where its head comes in and they're they're hiding uh, by the old Jurassic Park Jeep in that sort of garage. Mm -hmm. um, do an insert head. The raptor moment moments you thought those raptors were not up to snuff compared to the, the no. first films, and it's only because. They didn't do enough. And you know what? I spoke to the director. Yeah, I went up to Colin at the premiere, and I congratulated him, and I introduced myself. I said, you know, my dad's Stan, and, and he was very uh, excited to talk about, you know, dinosaurs in the movies. And he goes, I had to fight for that. I said, uh, the Apatosaurus was lovely. You know, I, I wish uh, there had been more of that. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I had to fight 
for that single animatronic I had to fight because the, the you know producers they they don't want any unpredictability they got a big machine here they got a set date oh man we got to do a lot of work in pre-production they got to build stuff we got to choreograph we got to this and that let's just leave it to the digital artists because audiences won't care you know mm, yeah <laughs> and that's just how it is and you know to some degree they're right that thing crushed records um it did but in terms of something holding up 30 years from now, I don't know that that digital is going to hold up. But I, you're damn sure that Force Awakens is going to hold up because they yeah, actually absolutely. went out to the desert. They yeah. went out to a desert and they went out and they built stuff. They built sets out there. And yeah. I mean, I, you know, Main Street was a really cool set that they built for Jurassic World. That was a really big set. I'm, I appreciate that that wasn't just a big CG insert. Um, but the, I mean, the animal effects, some of the CG was absolutely stellar i mean i'm not dissing it it was beautiful um but then there are scenes especially with close-ups that you know when they're interacting with the animal it just it, it's jarringly a visual effect and uh and you're, it just, you're going you're going that's really great cgi rather than that's really right. there oh, yeah that's yeah the that's it doesn't the look as real as the first movie's animatronics because they were real and they, they actually, were there they were actually in the room and physics did all the work uh, for the camera. You didn't need to mimic life. It was standing right there. Light was bouncing off of it. That you know. And anyway, I think we all are. Great. <laughs> yeah. I think we all are on the same page on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed for the sequel. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they do. I don't think the dollars and cents uh, are going to force them to do anything different. Unfortunately, when you make. Billions of dollars, you know. Let's not mess with it. Let's do that sure. again. Um, yeah, that. I mean, that, I think that's kind of our concern. We were hoping that now that the success of Jurassic World showed that people want to watch these movies again, maybe they'll start Star bringing Wars. back what made the originals fantastic. And then you've got yeah, the success of Star Wars on top of that with the practical effects, which just made that film that much better. Well, look, the difference is in in uh, Force Awakens. It was a, a uh, Someone like J.J. Abrams, who has incredible clout in the industry, said, this is how I'm going to make my movie. And the producer said, okay. And <laughs> in uh, J.W., it was different. Um, Colin did, you know, wonderful uh, artist, but did not really have the, the clout to say, no, I need this much built. Sure. I need to see things. Um, and it takes a director with that kind of clout to insist on a more tactile, less producer-driven, more artist-driven style of filmmaking. So, you know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not holding my breath for JW2 anymore, practical. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what, Star Wars, the next Star Wars will. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I've got to ask, Matt, um, something that's been on my mind, well, past 15 years, I guess, during the pre-production and the, the development hell that Jurassic Park 4 went through. I've got to ask, obviously, because you, you, you're involved and you're close to, you're always close to the production, um, was was there any animatronics that were maybe perhaps in development during the past 12, 15 years before it became Jurassic World? Was there at any one point, was Jurassic Park 4 close to actually being made? Like, were there dinosaur designs at least, or...? You know, honestly, it was it was talk. It never got to you know as far as 
I'm aware, and you know, I spent a lot of time at Stan Winston Studio, so uh, I, I did not see any legitimate beginning of production um, from my dad's end or from an artistic side, dinosaur development. Um, that's not to say they weren't going through, you know, multiple drafts over the last 15 years. I can't speak to that, but there's a dinosaur development now. Okay. Have you seen that Carlos Suante art of uh, like the kind of dino human hybrids that they were pursuing? I think it was uh, when Joe Johnson was watching yeah, on the film. I, I saw that, and I'm really glad that never happened. That <laughs> yeah. What are you, Slee Stack? What are we doing here? Yeah. Come on. It, it was for what it's worth. It was great art, not Jurassic oh, Park at all. Great. It was great art, but not oh, Jurassic Park. But there was no, a physical no. piece as well, wasn't there? There was a physical piece that had the ILM watermark across it. Do you remember that, Chris? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm sure. I'm so glad that did not come to fruition. Um, <laughs> that, as I said before, I do think what Jurassic World got right is the feeling of a JP movie. You know, there were so many homages uh, to to the original all that um, I thought it was great in that way. Thank God we didn't have Dino Man running around. Yeah, <laughs> we were close. Oh. Not that not that a standalone Dino Man franchise wouldn't be awesome, but just don't call it the Jurassic Park movie. You know what? That's, that right. seems like the perfect place for like Dino Riders. There's all this talk of a Dino Riders movie. They could probably go in that direction. With Jurassic World? No, 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 uh, no. If they did Dino Riders, <laughs> Chris, what are you saying? <laughs> no, well, hey, no, I mean, like, if what? they want a Dino Man, do a Dino Riders movie or something. Not Jurassic though. Jurassic, Jurassic, something special. Those dinosaurs are animals, not monsters. Agreed. Yeah. All right, so we've just hatched a few film ideas on this, on this podcast. <laughs> Someone else go run with it. I'm too tired. <laughs> so i got to ask as well, Matt. Um, I mean, obviously, you like you enjoyed Jurassic World for what it was. Where where would the sequel go, in your opinion? Where, where would you like to see it go? What's your ideal sequel? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you got to jump off from uh, where you left off. We had uh, T-Rex um, triumphant, right? As as the island is falling apart, um, maybe he jumps in the water, takes a swim, goes to I don't know, goes to uh, San Francisco, has a great weekend. Um, <laughs> who, who knows with these things? Who, who knows? I mean, it's obviously is there another island? I don't know. I I really don't like the dinosaurs get to the mainland stuff. I really don't. Um, but h- how much can you? You know, look, in the evacuation of the island, there's a few who were left behind. How about that? You have all these guests being evacuated. There's a few guests who are on the far side of the island. Oh, crap, the boat's left. Um, now what do we do? Back to yeah. work. See, I always thought the second half of Jurassic World would kind of be that already. Um, it, didn't, it didn't go in that direction. But I like the idea of people being left on this abandoned Jurassic World um, where the raptors are now out and... Yeah, the idea of wild velociraptors in the restricted zone as well—that was always fun. Something we never got to see. Yeah, yeah. and you know, you know, like how um, Newt, uh, we discover Newt uh, in, yes, in, in, aliens. in aliens. Yeah. So basically, there's a few kids left behind who turn into these like feral little survivor <laughs> creatures, <laughs> and you know, and one Run of them learns the survivor. One of them is, learns to ride a raptor, and when and, and the rescue come in, these little feral girls have turned into badass dino riding. Yes, uh, that, 
they like roll the <laughs> island. They have like their own like ecosystem and law that like rules the island. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Oh, Dinosaurs I'm in this. rule the world. This is it. I love it. Um, I love it. I think we, I think we hatched it. Let's copy. Uh, yeah, this I one. think th- let's. You know what? The, tell them to throw away the script. Let's let's get in contact. Tell them we got it from here. Don't worry about what all the work <laughs> they've been into. I I think that whatever they have, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> we got. Come on, it's going to be, and I think we got to age these girls up a little bit um, to make it a little, you know, uh, a little sexier. So let's say there's three 20, you know, 20 something girls left behind. And after a year, they become dino riding Amazon. (laughs) Now I'm listening. Now the people are listening. When this movie happens in five years from now, people will look back to this podcast. They'll see. They'll see the inception of this beautiful idea <laughs> become a reality. Um, so, do we want to talk a bit about uh, a movie that I think we all like and uh, you have a little experience on? Is a uh, Jurassic Park? Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, that that movie. Uh, I I was lucky enough to spend three months on set on that movie, puppeteering on all the various dinosaur cruise and it was the best time ever and uh you know as many question marks as there were about pulling it off technically when it all came together um are you there guys yes, yeah, we're yes. Here. sorry yeah. <laughs> we're just oh, in awe. my computer uh, my computer um did something weird um when it all came together and and worked so well on the big screen we were all little kids you know we we were all there for it saw it all happen and we were just as excited and blown away uh, when it premiered as the rest of the world. Um, it was truly, it was a benchmark film, you know, and, and to be a part of that film and a part of movie making history was, was so exciting to see so many amazing craft people at the top of their game. It was, it was, it was very cool. We can talk specifics though, whatever, whatever you want to know. Um, Oh God, you just use open like a can of worms yeah, there. I don't know if that's wise. Talk about the best post-college job. Uh, well, stuff you haven't, stuff you haven't heard in every interview. You know, I, I speak from the perspective of Stan Winston's kid, just having gotten out of college. Dad saying, "Hey, you want to get your SAG card?" Because I wanted to be an actor, and he goes, "All right, come up to your dinosaurs for three months. You get your SAG card and hang out with Dad and have some fun." So that was my involvement. So that's the perspective I bring. Any questions Dad. you want to? That's uh, I mean that's just like that that just sounds like an amazing experience in, in its own. Uh, oh, man, um, so what dinosaurs did you puppet? Uh, well, I was on every single uh, dinosaur crew except for the Triceratops crew. Um, I did not go out to um, Hawaii, but I did get to work in all the T Rex paddock scenes, um, all the raptor stuff, the spitter. You know, drenched in the rain for two weeks on that thing and. Uh, the the, uh, the baby raptor hatchling, um, the list goes. Yeah, I think, does that cover them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know, other artists would have to go back to the shop, or or rather, if you were on the T Rex crew, you basically had spent a year building the T Rex, sculpting the T Rex, mechanizing the T Rex, and then you got to take the T Rex to the set, do the T Rex sequences, and then go home, go back to the shop and work on whatever else you had to work on. But, you know, I was useless at the shop. So Dad said, you're just going to stay in puppeteer whenever a new crew comes in. So, you know, benefits of being Dad's uh, kid. 
Um, yeah, it's got to be like and it's incredibly hard to choose. But I mean, which one? Which one? You have to have a favorite. I mean, all of them, of course, are your favorite. You're gonna oh, say, T-Rex. But... <laughs> T-Rex. yeah, there's yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what was it like the first time you saw that? Like, you know, you walked oh and you saw. God. I can't imagine. I've told this a million times, but it, it's always brings this memory back to me. You know, and I had seen the theme being, being built uh, for for months and months and months. But when it was actually on the set um, at Warner Brothers on that T-Rex pad set, plugged turned on and moving, and you're standing facing this thing, and it's moving with such speed, with such power, you feel the wind of it as it's moving past you, and it's looking at you in the eye. I, I, my stomach was in knots. I was so you know, fascinated, frightened, all of it, you know, it, it was the closest I can imagine coming nose to nose with a real dinosaur. And it felt like it, it took you out of, out of the, um, artifice completely, you know, when it was, when it was turned on and doing that. And, um, wow, it, it was unbelievable. And, and, and everyone on the crew had that same experience with it. You know, no one had ever seen anything like that. Uh, you know, we'd seen, slow-moving uh, uh, animatronics and amusement parks with a limited number of moves that went through a cycle of movement. But to see something of this size and power move with improvisation, you know, it would follow you. It live. It, it was, oh, I, I can go back to that feeling and just, just talking about it. Um, yeah. So the T-Rex, man, oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, the raptors and the rest were phenomenal, but they were, you know, smaller puppets. And I'd grown around, uh, grown up around uh, stuff like that. Not to take away from how lifelike they were, but just the size of the T Rex was. That was. <laughs> and obviously, uh, with the Velociraptors, the si- uh, the um, design of them changed throughout the movies. I mean, obviously, you had the either the Sauna Raptors in Lost World, and then even different ones in Jurassic Park Three. Which raptors were your favorite? Which design? I uh, three. Um, I love the, the final, the final iteration. Um, yeah, I loved the spines and the colors and, um, I thought they were so beautiful. I thought the, uh, the Raptors in JP one, you know, they were the first, um, they were the ones that were executed, um, m- the most with puppetry mm-hmm. and I got to puppeteer on them. So I have a real, uh, love of them, but you know, the sort of female drab Brown, um, it, it's real. It's more like nature, but I kind of loved where the designs went in the, in the final. It's yeah, actually kind of funny because cool. if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the female Velociraptors from Jurassic Park they were a little bit more colorful, but it was uh, the blue lighting on set that made the animatronics have a little bit more of that uh, uniform gunmetal grayish brown color. Yeah, they did not they did not show off. Um, there was a whole bunch of uh, variation in that color scheme. I mean, they were almost mm-hmm. like tigers. Tiger, tiger, Stretched in a weird way, and uh, um, yeah, it did not show up much on camera. You know, think about the scenes they're in are, are a little darker in, until the final scene where they're, yes. they're well lit. Yeah, um, that was the uh, CG. Mo- no, there was an animatronic yeah, scene. Oh, no, there's plenty of practical in that yeah. final sequence as well. I was there. When it comes to the tarp, when it comes <laughs> to the tarp. <laughs> comes to yeah. the tarp yeah, there's a few great close-ups, and those close-ups are always what sell the digital. 
they, that's yeah, how noise is. Exactly. I mean, it's be- beautiful design, terrifying design, but it's an absolutely stellar-looking animal. I do love the third yeah. films as well. Um, both the both the male and the female, they're really really cool looking. Yeah, they're some. I think they're my favorite raptors as well. Maybe I love their one. eyes. Their Maybe. eyes are so. Oh yeah, the cut. Oh my gosh. And and the puppets themselves were generations beyond what we did in JP one. They were uh, in JP one. The puppets were all cable cable controlled with some RC function for the blinks and stuff, um, and some hand puppets. But um, starting with two, they were hydraulically driven cable controlled puppets that uh, were were much more fluid you know, didn't require 14 puppets. I mean, it took more puppeteers to uh, puppeteer a raptor in JP1 than it did the T-Rex. Um, <laughs> it was 14 of us on that thing, you know, three tail puppeteers, uh, to four arm puppeteers, you know, it was a lot of puppeteers. But how do you, two and three, it was un- unbelievable. They were able to to drive it all from just a, a bit, just a few and, and the fluidity of it and the speed of it. They brought the T-Rex technology to the Raptors, really, in 2 and 3. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, because they you had know, the yeah. bodysuit for the Raptor, right? In Jurassic Park 3, they had the guy, you know, when Udesky's on the ground and the Raptor slits down its spine. <laughs> Violent scene. Um, but it was a guy controlling the Raptor's legs. He kind of got He's into like the suit, in. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had external RC telemetry devices to control arms, you know. It was all just pushed all the technology was pushed and and then of course simple insert hand puppets were used mm-hmm. extensively as well you know so you know the trick dad always said i am an agno- i am technology agnostic with regard to making movies it's always about what's best for the shot you know um mm-hmm. storyboard this thing out okay in this shot in the storyboards i am just seeing the tip of the thing's nose all right and it comes in a little bit we can create a simple little hand puppet that's going to get you that shot. You don't need to have the full puppet there on that day, you know. Um, and when you start thinking about filmmaking that way, you you realize, wow, there's so many ways to achieve these things. Um, and that's that's what he was all about, you know. Sometimes a floppy look, the Muldoon attack in uh, JP One, <laughs> yes. the clever girl, the clever clever girl. Then yes. when this rap on top of him mauling him that is nothing it's a rod puppet there is no mechanization in that thing his body motion is bringing it to life some off-camera puppeteers with rods are keeping the tail alive and the head alive but simple effective and it it works and with all the other effects shot and you don't need to spend you know half a million dollars on a crew of digital artists to recreate a sense of reality. No, just throw the puppet on the guy, let him r- ride around in the grass, and you got it. And you get it from a bunch of angles, and it doesn't cost extra money. Yeah, I think, I think there's a certain reputation that I don't think is entirely fair, and I think there's a certain belief that a lot of people have that practical effect filmmaking costs more money than uh, CG filmmaking. I think it's the other way around more often than not. It just it takes more time and planning, and uh, you, you've got to plan for it. With practical, you got to do it more on the front end rather than the back end. Absolutely, that's exactly right. It's it's uh, it's no more expensive than CGI in in some ways. Look, if you want to build up a, a blow up a city, um, an entire city, <laughs> yeah. maybe doing that digitally that might yeah. be a little cheaper. <laughs> but 
in terms of a creature, uh, what people don't realize is that uh, you pay per shot in digital. Uh, you pay for shots. And if you make changes, if you add shots, it, it's extra. With a physical creature, you build it once and you can get as many shots as you want. You know, you can improvise on set. You can say, ooh, this isn't storyboarded. I'm just going to add this. Um, and that doesn't cost you any extra. But what you said is exactly true. Your investment is up front uh, in pre-production and you need time. You need, you know, months of time to really pull off something spectacular. Um, that's how you pull off a great practical effect film. And that, and that it's no more expensive. It just takes planning. George Miller was planning Mad Max for years. He storyboarded out every sequence yeah. so that everything they built was exactly what they needed. Um, and I, I imagine The Force Shows. Awakens, totally. And, and I imagine given what The Force Awakens pulled off, it was similar, that they storyboarded out that whole thing. They knew they had to build the Millennium Falcon, but they were only going to see it from this angle, that angle. Um, so that way you're, you're being efficient, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you're taking the filmmaking process out of just post-production, which is so much more fun, you know. And so it really just does take that upfront commitment that you're talking about, and that scares producers. They, they want to they handle everything themselves at the end with, uh, over someone's shoulder, you know, micromanage it. But that's sort of why we hope for the sequel uh, for Jurassic World. We really hope that maybe they change tune a little bit with animatronics because it's a proven. It, I mean, it, they proved themselves in the first three Jurassic movies that animatronics blended with CGI works incredibly well. It helps the actors make it seem more real. So I was kind of, with the success of Jurassic World. You'd hope that maybe they change tune a little bit and and go back to what made Jurassic so great. Yeah, and innovate with it. You know. You know, take CG and practical effects work and see where you can go with it and see what new what you can do. If you bring the two technology together, two technologies together, you could probably create something that people have never even imagined, something so lifelike and fun. I I couldn't agree more, but the realist in me says if we're looking for innovations and in practical effects, the Jurassic Park franchise is not where we're gonna find it. Um, wow. that, that hurts. hurts. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to say it. That's my realistic feeling. Only because look how well Jurassic World did. I don't see the producers in the studio being willing to mess with that formula um, because it did so well. I think that where we're going to see um, practical effects like what you're talking about, this wonderful new innovations and how practical and digital can work together. I think we're going to be seeing that in the films of J.J. and some uh, of the uh, younger generation. And, and until one of them directs a Jurassic World movie, I just don't see it happening. Um, do you think that's I, I, so hope, I so hope I'm proven wrong, guys. I can't tell you. But um, given my conversation with Colin where he said they had he had to fight to even keep in to, to build an Apatosaurus insert head. <laughs> Given that he had to fight for that, I'm, I'm not optimistic. But that proved um, itself. That shot in Jurassic World when it tracks along the tail of the uh, Apatosaur and then all the way across his body, all the I way to the head, it's seamless. I thought it was the, one of the most 
emotionally affecting moments in the movie because you knew something was really there on the screen. You know, you mm-hmm. knew it was there on the screen. And um, look, man, I, I hate to say it, Hollywood's driven by box office. It did so well, man. They're not going to change anything. Yeah, um, that's my feeling. I, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I guess I guess it depends on how strongly the director of to uh, Bayona uh, how he, how strongly he feels about uh, animatronics and how much clout he has. I know he's bringing his own producer on with him um, alongside then of course Frank Marshall, Pat Crowley, and then I think Colin's executive producing with Steven Spielberg. But um, I mean I, well, we know Colin wanted them. We know Colin loves them. He's on Star Wars, so you know I could see maybe one or two puppets being snuck in a little bit more than Jurassic World. But realistically, I kind of see where you're coming from where it's probably not going to change yeah. too much oh and that and it, and it honestly breaks my heart and it would have broken dad's heart to see how little they um used practical <laughs> in jw you know it, it broke my heart but you know uh, that's just the decision they made and I, I can't see them changing their approach to making these films i hope i'm wrong yeah well uh when you're talking about it's puppeteering before that. There was something I did want to ask you because it, it strikes me as something that is probably. I'm sorry, you cut out there. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, when you're talking about puppeteering before, there was a question that popped in my mind, and I just wanted to get to it while I remember. When you talk about you have like 14 guys on a Velociraptor puppeteering it, how do you even learn how to all coordinate and bring such a lifelike performance out of the animal? Like, how do you learn how to do that? How how do you bring an animal to life like that with so many people working on it like that takes an incredible amount of synergy i imagine and just a, a focused understanding absolutely. of where to bring the performance absolutely well you know um i think one of the things that set apart pretty much all the characters that came out of stan winston studio i think what set them apart is that dad always insisted that um what we're creating here are characters that must convince an audience that they are absolutely real. And even if it's the most fantastical design, if it's a predator with crazy mandible face, or if it's, uh, you know, pumpkin head or, or whatever, it doesn't matter how crazy the design is or Giger's alien, as long as you ground it in reality and our understanding of how things move, how musculature works, how physics works, that's what's going to make people believe it's real. So, you know, a big part of being a puppeteer is, is studying real animals. Um, you know, at zoos, dad trekked to uh, Rwanda and Uganda to trek mountain gorillas for a film he worked on to get the movements down. And obviously in Jurassic Park, we didn't have real dinosaurs to study, but you do have lots of animal references out there where the an- the anatomies are close enough that you can you can get some understanding you know for example the um, brachiosaur just look at how an elephant walks you know and you can get a sense of what an animal of that size how that movement's going to be um, birds uh, are a great example of what we looked at for the raptors getting that sort of head bob that the bob that yeah. yeah yeah and uh, you know Really, what what helped the most, though, was Phil Tippett had created animatics, um, basically very crude stop-motion animation storyboards that um, laid out the action of the sequences Um, and the broad action. Of course, there's always room for improvisation in the moment, you know, adding a little head look there or, or whatever, but that gave us sort of the broad strokes. So... 
how we would rehearse is we would just do a storyboard, you know, we'd do sequence by sequence. You know, this is the scene where the raptor, the door opens to the kitchen and he steps in and starts hooting. Now, that hoot moment was John Rosengrant in a suit, but he knew ahead of time, months ahead of time, that there was that shot coming up. So he would be rehearsing um, first without the suit on and then with most of the suit on but no head so he could see what he was doing. And then with the head on, and by the time it was time to shoot, he'd done this 100 times. And he knew that with a crew of 200 people sitting there, it would be good. And the same was true of us who were, you know, you, you brought up the, uh, the 14 of us puppeteering Raptor. We knew, we knew the shots we had to work in, so we worked them, you know. Um, and you isolate them. First, you get your head moves down, then you get your gross body in there, and then you add your, your arms in to see, to, to make sure they're sort of, supporting the the uh the performance then the tail comes in and then you just work like an orchestra and and honestly that's where dad had his most fun um he loved the building designing aspect getting on set and having an orchestra of puppeteers to to talk through a performance that was really where dad always led the show on set you know um steven would tell dad the performance he wanted and then dad would have a megaphone and conduct us puppeteers you know he'd say gross body down how good you're angry now we're rearing up and let's get a little tail moving there you know and <laughs> he would correct us and he was so excited about it and he would also number things you know we would we would say okay uh one uh, on one you know we gotta crouch down we all have to work that move okay and two and so they we're all coordinated <laughs> so long-winded answer a lot of rehearsal a lot of study uh, of movement, and in the case of Jurassic Park, we had Phil Tippett's wonderful uh, animatics to to help us uh, guide our performance. And you I know, guess guys, that, I that had, makes I had it. Crazy, oh, sorry, uh, Ron, you go. Oh, I'm sorry. I I had a I just had a crazy mind blowing uh, thought that I just kind of wanted to share. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Matt, I know that you and your dad, you know, I know that you guys came out or at least your intentions in Hollywood were similar and the same where you both wanted to act and um, kind of fell into the careers that you did. Um, you know, and, and, and I know that you guys had some, some, some smaller success on that scale, but you know, guys, I'm just thinking about this, like the way we're really actually kind of seeing both you and your dad's performance, um, iconic performances in those dinosaurs. And um, I know it's kind of weird to think about. I never really thought of the act, you know, the dinosaurs as actors or or as performance actors by any means. But you know, it's really like I really feel like I am seeing Stan and and uh, and how those characters and those creatures were brought to life. Because I'll, I'll t I mean, I'll I'll tell you, I was eight years old at that prime age to where I believed everything I was seeing on, on that on that film, which is why I'm having this conversation with you today. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, I you, think that's just that's kind of cool. Yeah, you are absolutely seeing Stan Winston and, by extension, his crew in every character they ever created. He would always say this. He's, he would say, we are not creating effects. I do not do special effects. I create characters. And that was from design all the way through to execution and bring it on set. And the most important element of all was bring it to life on camera and creating an actor. And this is why Dad got top billing in movies. He was the first makeup effects guy to ever get front of credits billing um, because he he rightfully convinced the producers that hey, 
we're creating the star of your movie. This isn't called paleontologists, you know? It's called <laughs> Jurassic Park. There's not a picture of, you know, Sam Neill, God love him, on the poster. It's a T-Rex skull. There's not a picture of yeah. um, Carl Weathers on the poster for Predator. It's a Predator, you know? It, and <laughs> he, he, he said, look, all these actors you've hired are expendable, but there's only one person on this planet who can create this fantasy character who's the star of your movie. And that's how he thought of it. And, and on set, like I said, he was the monster. And he'd be shouting us, at us what to do. Okay, come down. Good. Growl. Now rear up. And good. Now get in there. Now tease him. And get in there. And take your claw and rake it across her cheek. You know, I mean, that was what <laughs> he did. He got, to be an actor. he got to be an actor through his creatures. And yes, that is why it they shows. Are so yeah, that it really does show. They're all so iconic, and we all know them by their personalities and their traits. We don't think of like, yeah. oh, well, this practical effect had this meant. No, no, we do think yeah. of them as a real animal. Like we know the behavior of a T. Rex, a raptor, a predator. You know wh what makes these animals and these creatures and these monsters? What makes them tick? What are they? You know, yes. how how do you yes. make them in a future film? And it's timeless. It's absolutely timeless. That yeah. passion yes. and energy is infectious, and it just absolutely drove something that was amazing across so many franchises yeah. and well, I know inspired uh, me growing up entirely yeah, I would so. like to point out that um, everyone knows this but as much as the big names are attached to these films um, Steven Spielberg and uh, Stan Winston and Dennis Muren and uh, all the actors and Rick Carter the production designer um, and as is and John Williams, of course, his score. It's it's yeah. so much yeah. a team effort. Any any mm -hmm. film from mm -hmm. from creating anything, everything that came out of my dad's shop, uh, a thousand hands touched it. A thousand different creative minds lent their their little seasoning to the sauce, and that is how everything wonderful happens. Um, a creative a creative idea with an army of creative people behind it is how you got what you got, and you know, all hats off to Steven Spielberg for being perhaps the most collaborative filmmaker in the history of films. He yes. he he has a strong vision. He he knows what he wants, but he also has incredible faith and belief in the people he brings together to to bring their their stuff to it. So I think that's one of the reasons the films are so beloved, especially the first one, is that an army came together to make something really special and no one person can take the credit for bringing dinosaurs back to life. Mm. And you guys um, really showcased that last year in the, I'm sorry, Jack, I'm going to let you go in a second, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys really showcased that last year in the Jurassic party. Um, uh, shoot, the webcast forget, thing. The webcast. Yeah. We were all in, in tunage with that, you know, the six hour long event, seeing everybody there was, man, that was so cool. I mean, it, talk about a great reunion but uh, jack i'll let you go but i just thank you for doing that that was really cool to see yeah yeah no i, I was gonna bring up the exact same thing ryan we must be in sync oh cool. um, i was <laughs> I, yeah i was just gonna say you know we're talking about all this it just that's why we love seeing all these behind the scenes videos and it goes back to what you do with stan winston school we love seeing all those behind the scenes videos from the jurassic park movies because 
um, you know, a lot of it w- never made it to the DVDs or the Blu-rays, and it's amazing to see these movies actually get made. That's what we all want to see. Yeah. And it kind of leads me into, have you got, I mean, do you have any plans to release anything new that we haven't seen? It's Jurassic Park. Oh, gosh. yes. We, uh, we have still so much unseen footage from the making of Jurassic Park, guys. Um, and we let out so much of it, you know, with the up, the building up to JW that we've just taken a little break from the franchise. You know, we have so many archives from other films we have to look at, but yeah, there's still so much stuff. Um, that's great to know. It will, my, you know, one of my life's missions and the family's mission is to continue to release it. Uh, because as you said, um, seeing how the films was made, were made is is as entertaining and inspiring and even more informative than the films themselves. And yes. I think that it's it's how we can celebrate and hopefully get people back to handmade filmmaking when they see yeah. the fun of it. Unfortunately, we have a generation of films here where there's really no, no behind the scenes extras that aren't just people sitting at laptops. I mean, who cares? <laughs> I don't care. Mm. I don't want to see people <laughs> on their desktops manipulating, you know, polygons. Uh, I, yeah. I want to see people dirty and making, you know, amazing things in the physical the world. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we'll be releasing all of that as a, as a way to preserve dad's, memory and legacy and all the films you worked on and also to instruct and inform um, even more. Well, that's great. That's great to know. I mean, everybody's looking forward to that and just seeing things released over the next couple of years is going to be so exciting. Yeah. And some of the things you've released have been like really cool, like getting the, uh, the backstory. Everyone knew about that, uh, Parasaurolophus that was caught in the net, but nobody really knew, no one ever knew the backstory of it being like on a fishing vessel being brought up. Uh, and I think you guys shared that yeah. story in the uh, webcast. And uh, there's like all these little stories and uh, hints of a bigger story just in concept art. And it's just so fascinating to see all the work that goes into it. And it just kind of makes your imagination and your creative energy just kind of just go full steam ahead. And I love learning everything. Like there's so much more to see. And it's exciting. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we geeks, um, the f- best thing about being a geek is just digging deeper and deeper into something you love. And uh, I, I'm so happy that Jurassic World came to be and that it was so successful because it does rekindle interest in the entire franchise. Um, and that gives us more reason to release more and more information. And that Jurassic reunion was meant to be like, two hours it stretched to six hours and we, and we were only and we were only able to give like an hour and a half to each film we could spend a day on each film and still not get to all the stories that these crew members are telling that have never been on any uh no you know blue because you know the only people they interview are the department heads you know they're not they're not interviewing the people who are actually down in the trenches seeing a whole bunch of other stuff go down um so we'll be doing more and more. Trust me. As long as there's interest in Jurassic, I would buy, I would buy a Blu-ray of uh, just those webcasts of yep. Jurassic Park. Like I would buy a Blu-ray of just seeing you guys have fun and talk about, talk, share these stories, and just have a good time and bring art and footage to the table. I know that you guys showed some a lot of cool pictures. Um, there are some pictures even on that webcast that like I don't think you have formally posted like in direct resolution, direct feed. 
Uh, so that's something that fans are probably still hungry for eventually. But uh, man, it was it, it, the just as a fan and somebody who loves that creative energy, and I just found so much inspiration in such a. It was really, really rewarding. Yes. Oh well, well uh, we we had a blast doing it, and it will be the last uh, gathering we have like that. Trust me, when Jurassic World Two comes out, we'll be putting on an even bigger party. Yes, good to hear. That yeah, sounds. Sounds like a plan. Um, with Jurassic World 2, I know that, uh, I mean, obviously, your Stan Winston School has a lot of people from Legacy Effects. Whether or not there's practical effects work happening in Jurassic World 2, do you think Legacy Effects might be uh, more involved with designing in the dinosaurs just on, like, a concept oh. design level this time around, as opposed to... Well, I mean, uh, I- go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, just as opposed to, like, I think IOM uh, fronted you know, most of that in Jurassic World, they designed most of the dinosaurs. Do you I, think I, you Legacy... Know, as far as I know, um, I've heard differently. Uh, Legacy had a big hand in, in the design uh, process. Uh, there, it was a give and take, but from what I saw uh, visiting Legacy and the maquettes, there was a ton of design work that came out of Legacy. So I think that they will uh, most likely continue to be involved in the franchise, on the design end, and, you know, fingers crossed that we get to see more physical stuff built as well. Um, so I, I love the fact that even though my father's no longer at the helm over a legacy, that the production team honored the crew's connection to all those films um, and brought them on board. So I'm, I'm sure it will. You know, now, Stan Winston School, we don't build creatures for movies anymore. We uh, mm-hmm. we bring together all those artists, and now they get to teach what they do. So in the Absolutely. end, I don't really have have any say on that stuff. I, I think I speak for all of us when I say, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. We've had a great time talking with you, and just hearing behind the scenes stories and uh, people who worked on you know our favorite movies is just amazing. Um, I'm sure our listeners really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you guys so much for keeping. Uh, Dinos alive in your own way, and as a fellow dinosaur fan, I love love learning more about the franchise as much as you do. I I really uh, I'm excited that it's back and that it's rekindled an awareness of this franchise in a new generation. And here's to more dinosaurs, and may many of them be practical. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers cheers crossed, indeed. Cheers yeah, to cheers that. to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what I. Just be optimistic, but even so, I mean, just the at least it's happening elsewhere, and at least these stories, you know, of all that hard work that went into making Jurassic Park, you know, people can still learn and hear about it and see it. Well, I want to thank you guys for having me on. I love talking about dinosaurs like you guys and your fans. I am a dinosaur nut. Uh, I hope that some of your listeners uh, would like to take their art into the third dimension and make cool stuff. And I hope they come visit us at stanwinstonschool.com and hopefully they'll be building dinosaurs for uh, the next big dino blockbuster to come out. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again, Matt. We really appreciate you speaking with us today. Thank you, guys. And um, yeah, we'll hope to do this again. Anytime. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully maybe after Jurassic World 2, maybe... Uh, Maybe if they've used more animatronics, we'll really have a reason to celebrate. Yeah, that would, that would definitely be a reason to celebrate. And one of these times, I'm sure there are plenty of stories to talk about on the past films that you have worked on that uh, I th- 
eventually we'll have to uh, maybe get get some of those details, uh, get a hands-on, in-depth uh, accounting of some of the stuff you did as well. Because I'm sure there are thousands of other stories to be told. There are literally thousands of them. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> have me on as a guest every other day, and we'll get to them all. Although I think we would. I think we would get sick of each other, so maybe we should wait until Jurassic World Two comes out. Deal, <laughs> deal. Uh, thanks, hey, so thanks so much, so much Matt. Matt. Thank you, guys. Keep dinosaurs alive. <laughs>